Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru, and you are now joining the fourth series of Out of the Bubble podcast. I can't believe in the last two years I've interviewed over 40 women, and I now have another jam packed lineup full of inspiring women, all with a story to tell. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. So for those people that have listened to the podcast for a while, then you will know how passionate I am about people being represented in the fashion and media industry, because I think it's so important for our mental well-being that we find people in adverts and in magazines that we can all relate to, because that gives us that value in society and that to make us feel you know, visible and important to, to the people that as consumers that we're spending the money with. So today's guest is Alison Klein-Williams, who has recently become um, a model, age 46. She was previously in recruiting, and Alison is now delving into the world of modeling at a similar age as I started, but she's also become the ambassador of Models of Diversity Charity. And if you don't know about Models of Diversity, then Alison will be sharing her story with them. But she's also such a great role model for black, older women um, that really want to be seen and represented so I am looking forward to catching up and finding out what Alison has to say. Oh good morning Alison, thank you so much for joining me. Good morning Rachel, how are you? I'm lovely thank you, it's great to connect with you on here. Oh thank you very much for taking the time to speak to myself and uh, yeah MOD, I appreciate it. You're looking gorgeous this morning, look at those cheeks. Oh thank you. You're looking good yourself. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> so, obviously, um, for people that don't know who you are, um, how do you introduce yourself to people? Okay, so I introduce myself as Alison Klein-Williams. I am a 47-year-old uh, classic and plus-size uh, model, basically. Um, so, yeah, recently just started doing that about eight or nine months ago. Uh, I guess in the working world, I'm actually an ex-recruiter that's got HR experience, um, but modelling has been my passion, so uh, I just thought I'd give it a go. So yeah, I've been doing that for uh, about eight to nine months now. I love it. And you have started modelling at a very similar age. I started at 46, um, and so I think it's a really exciting time to get into modelling. What You say you've always had this passion for it. What made you make the decision to really start trying to make a career out of it? Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, my role models, I guess, were people like Naomi Campbell um, and her gorgeous mother, Valerie. Um, it was something that I, you know, back in the days, I guess, it was something that I've always wanted to do, but I was really unsure about how to go about it. Then, as I said, I saw uh, Naomi, she got discovered when she was, you know, 15. Um, so it's something that I just thought, yes, you know what I mean? There's somebody like me that's representing, um, you know, people. So let me give it a go. Um, it wasn't really such a great start because at the time I was a size 14. So I was very curvy um, from a young age. But they always said to me, oh, no, you're too big. You're too big. Because at the time it was all about size zero. Um, so they, they basically just discounted me and said, you know, you're 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 too big to do modeling so it was very sort of you know when you're that sort of age it's very sort of daunting to get rejected mm. um so yeah it was just something that i just thought okay i'm never gonna be able to do it i'm getting told i'm too big um and i applied for quite a few agencies at the time but no nothing ever came to fruition so i just put it on the back burner and just thought it's gonna happen and how did that have what impact did that have any confidence kind of being that rejected um, I mean, if I'm honest with you, it did sort of have a knock-on effect on my confidence 
simply because as I said when you see somebody that is your role model and you're thinking wow you know you're a stunning black woman and your mom's stunning too um and they make it look so easy don't they because I know that you know, for me modeling is a skill yeah. but when you're growing up you just you just want to be like your role models you know you just them you know in their beautiful clothes on the catwalk and you're thinking yes um I want to aspire to be like them so it does sort of knock your confidence when you're told, no, sorry, you're, you know, you're too big. And you look at yourself and think, well, you know, I was never, um, you know, really, really big. I guess I've always been curvaceous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it did have a knock on effect on my confidence, if I'm honest. So what made you get to this age now and think, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to give it a go and go for it? Um, I guess I just thought to myself, you know, everyone keeps saying to you, oh, Alison, you're stunning, you're stunning, you've got great cheekbones, you've got great this, you've got great that. Um, and it just got to the stage where I wasn't really being fulfilled in my my permanent profession anymore. Mm. You know, the recruiting side of it was was great. You know, you make some great money, um, you know, win some great incentives. But I've always said to myself, if you're doing a job and you're no longer enjoying it, then it's time to find something else. Yeah. Um, so I just thought to myself, let me just give it one more crack in the whip. And I think what really inspired me was that you're seeing um, societies changing very slowly. So you're seeing plus size women who are more like you now uh, in the industry. So it just made me think to myself, okay, you know, society's changing. It's no longer all about size zero. You're getting, you know, some curvaceous women that are doing the modeling. Um, you know, you have people, people then like Tyra Banks yeah. and sort of, you know, curvy sort of black models. So it makes you think, okay, let me give it a go. And then you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'm 47, but I don't really look it. People keep telling me that I look a lot younger. You do, you do look younger. And there's no Botox, it's all natural. Um, so I thought to myself, you know what? Let me give you a, one, more, one more shot of the dice. And, if, you know, if it, if, it, if it doesn't work out, then at least I've given it another go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what made me think to myself, I'm going to do it now. Because I love that. I love that that you made this conscious, conscious decision to seek out something that you're really passionate about. Because I think it's really common for women that get to kind of 45, 46 and do start feeling really unsettled and not happy yeah. with what they're doing. They might have been doing it for 20 years. And definitely. You know, I think it is a real time for reinvention. And I think it's the yes. exciting time. No, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, it, it's good to see, you know, people like you, um, you know, stunning, uh, you know, a lot older, um, you know, you're only like, what, three years older than yeah. me, you've got, you've forged yourself a successful modelling career, so you are going to continue to inspire me just to keep going, because, you know, Thank we're you. not that far apart, if you see what I mean, you know, oh, you, just, you, you see like Hollywood A-listers and you're thinking, mm, you know, I'm just an everyday person, um so yeah um you, yeah. You, you you continue to inspire me to think yeah i'm definitely oh, gonna... thank you i do think there's a lot more women out there that are modeling of our age groups that are really relatable and i think that's yes. the difference to us and i think it's really important that we we keep seeing that so do you think there has been a shift even since in the last kind of eight months that you've started modeling have you seen a shift in people's attitudes in the fashion industry to using older models curvier models black models do you think we're heading in the right direction um, if I'm going to be honest, I would say since the Black Lives Matter movement, I would say there's been a lot more tokenism. Yeah. And basically what I mean by that is that um, there are so many different shades of 
black women you know you've got your mixed race black women you've got your you know your really dark-skinned black women um so i would say that there's been a slight shift but it's still too early to say yet whether or not that's going to be a permanent thing or whether it's just companies just saying to themselves you know black lives matter uh, you know let's just throw in you know a black person but when you look at it the type of black people they're picking have a certain look about them um and what i mean by that for example is that i suppose society makes you think and i'm i'm a victim of it myself i guess society makes you think oh you know you've got to have your hair relaxed you know to, to try and blend in mm. and it shouldn't be like that you know if you've got um an afro uh, you know, you should be able to rock it and you should be able to rock it with confidence. Um, so I guess in answer to your question, since I've started, I've seen a, you know, I'm not going to lie, I have seen a few more black women on companies' websites, mm. but we just need to see how long that's actually going to stay there for. Um, but I said, if you look at them, they are of a, of a certain type of look. You know, people like Alex Wet to me are, are stunning black models yeah. and they have sort of really, you know, strong features and that really dark complexion. Um, but the models that they're picking, as I said, they, they are, you know, they're a lot lighter. Yeah. Um, society makes you think that if you don't look like Beyonce, who's got that light, you know, that light complexion, that you're not attractive. Um, and I think that's, for me, the frustrating thing about it, because in Destiny's Child, if you look at the group, you know, who's the most successful one? Mm. You know, the most successful one is, is Beyonce. And yeah. um, when you've got, you know, you've got Kelly Rowland, you know, she's petite, she's dark, but she's still stunning. Yeah. You've got Michelle Williams, you know, she's, she's again, you know, really dark, but she's still stunning. Yeah. But uh, the one that's more relatable to black, white, Chinese is Beyonce. Mm. That's so true, and I hadn't thought about it like that. And then, you know, those other women in the band are so, so talented as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that one of the reasons that made you want to become an ambassador for Models of Diversity then? Yes, I think for me, um, what I loved was the fact that, you know, Angel Sinclair, um, who's the CEO for Models of Diversity, you know, she used to be a model herself. You know, she's 58, and again, she looks amazing, you know, for 58. Um, and the fact that when she was modeling, for her, there was not enough diversity. Um, so, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm passionate and I'm glad that I have recently been selected to be an ambassador for Models of Diversity because it represents what I'm about. Yeah. You know, uh, Models of Diversity is a registered charity um, that is aimed at making more diversity in the media industry, the advertising industry, and the fashion industry because you know, Angel saw that there was not enough of it uh, from her days when she was when she was modelling. You know, there wasn't enough um, plus size models out there. There was definitely no models, you know, that had um, disabilities. Yeah. No models that were, I guess, like yourselves, uh, the older classic model. Um, so that was one thing that she wanted to make sure that she changed. Um, so yeah. I'm really passionate, especially being, as I said, 47 and just starting modelling. For me, I want, you know, even if it doesn't change now, I want to have people be able to look at me and be relatable. Because if you think about, you know, mature women, 
you know, the advertisers forget all, all about us, which is really frustrating. You know, brands want the, the next best thing, don't they? They want their younger model. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at it, if you think about the fact that 93% of women in a household are between 40 to 60, we're the ones with the financial clout. Exactly. But advertisers, uh, you know, do that. No, they want the, the younger sort of glamorous models. Yeah. Uh, so if I can make a change, even in just one person's life, just so they have the confidence to say, you know what I mean? I want to be like H Alison or I want to be like Angel or even like yourself. And that makes me think, yeah, I've done a, a good deed. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's about being part of the conversation, is it? Because yes. unless, we, unless we show up and yeah. try to pave the way and break some boundaries, then it doesn't happen. We need more yeah. people to keep doing it and, and more people of, dis you know, of, of different diversities. So definitely, it does all to come together, which I think we are seeing a shift in that. I think there yeah. is a real sense of community now, of people that really do want to make change, which I think is exciting. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's good to see it, um, you know, just to see the shift. It was just amazing to see that um, Mothers of Diversity worked with Misguided. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they did a, a, a casting competition and they had 2,500 people that applied. Uh, they selected seven. Um, and for me, what was inspiring is that you had, you know, a transgender in the campaign. You had a plus size model, you had a mature model, you know, you had a model with um, alopecia. Mm -hmm. For me, that was just so amazing to see. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact that, as I said, you, you can see that the society's changing, um, you know, very slowly. But for me, that was just like so inspirational to see because, you know, even in a few years time, you know, when people with alopecia see that campaign, they're going to be inspired and think, you know what? That model, that model was stunning, you know, she didn't have, you know, hair, she was bald, but she went out and rocked her bald head and felt confident. Yeah. Then you're going to have people that were, you know, that are, you know, in wheelchairs that just show you that, you know, they're, they're beautiful too, but society doesn't look at them in that way. Um, so for me, as I said, that was just, that was just amazing to see that. Really groundbreaking. And I think it's so important because what I don't, what I really struggle with is the fact that the fashion industry and the media don't seem to realise the impact on our mental well-being that the lack of representation can cause. Because like you said, people with alopecia or people with disabilities, they don't feel valued in society if they don't see themselves represented in society. Plus size women don't feel like they're good enough to fit in if they're not seen and recognised. Black women don't feel like they're, they're valued in society if they're, not, if they're not out there in front of everybody. Yeah. Why can't the industry see it when we can all see it? That's the thing that I find yeah. really hard to get my head around. I think sometimes it's just, how can I put it? I think it's kind of a prejudice or lack of intelligence sometimes because I think they know that they need to change it, but that, you know, nobody wants to be the first to do it, do they? You know, I think it's one of those ones where you're either a leader or a follower. Mm -hmm. It just needs to sort of, you know, think to themselves, you know what? I'm going to stand up and make a difference. Um, so yeah, I just think sometimes it's just, I think they're all too scared, if I'm honest with you, just to say to themselves, I'm going to be the groundbreaker. I'm going to be the, you know, the organisation that makes a difference. Yeah. Now it'll be interesting to see which one comes first, because somebody, yeah. somebody will break Yeah, de definitely. I think definitely, you know, eventually it will happen. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to be watching to see, okay, which brand is the first one to do it? Because it says, 
you know, especially at the moment with all the Black Lives Matter, you know, you saw companies putting the black square up yeah. and, you know, you didn't see anything about it again. Yeah. So for me, you just need to make sure that if they're making that brand, um, you know, that, that change that they do a really, really good job. Yeah. And how comfortable are you now kind of putting yourself out there in the spotlight and, and you know, putting this message out there? Have you always been this confident or is this something that's come with age? Um, no, I think it's something that's come with age. I think it's, you know, growing up, um, you know, as I said, in terms of like the area that I was from, you know, my parents wanted the best for me. So it was a case of, you know, you lived in an all white area. And I guess for me, it was like, they wanted the nice things for you. Um, so confidence is something that as I'm getting older, then I've had to be a little bit more confident. Um, and you can't be a recruiter and not have confidence because you need to be able to knock on the doors and say, hello, you know, I've got this great candidate, you know, they're available tomorrow. This is what they do. And if you're sort of like really kind of timid and on the phone selling to people, they just don't, but they just don't buy it. They don't believe you. So confidence is definitely something that's come with age. Um, but as I said, now I've just thought to myself, you know what, you only get one life you know, I'm not, I was going to look this way. So I thought to myself, let me try it now. What's yeah. the worst that happened? Companies would say to me, Alison, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of sponsor you or I don't want to, you know, work with you. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. You know? Well, you should have tried it and you'll have had the experiences that you've had along the way. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Brilliant. Um, so how often are you in front of the camera then? How, how easy has it been to transfer that confidence when you're in front of a camera? Um, if I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, um, it hasn't been easy. I think the good thing about it for me is that I, I've started doing it with, um, I guess, friends first and foremost, people that I feel comfortable with so that they can kind of tell me, oh, Alison, you know, don't do that or don't do this. Um, and said, so I've got a few sort of, you know, I've done a few sort of TFPs and a few sort of, um, you know, paid jobs where, Luckily for me, the photographer's been quite understanding and friendly. Yeah. Um, so I think at the end of the day, if you've got a great photographer, somebody that makes you feel comfortable, makes you sort of believe in yourself and then shows you the pictures and it's like, wow, okay, I did all right. Yeah, yeah. I did all right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do want to eventually sort of, you know, get be like you and be sort of like more confident and just rocking the sort of, you know, the je ne sais quoi underwear and stuff and lingerie um but i think you know that will come in time isn't it yeah. I've, i'm at that stage where i want to kind of try and try and come outside of my comfort zone um but yeah i think if you've got a great photographer and a great team around you then i just think it sort of grounds you it gives you that sort of confidence basically to take it to the next stage Definitely. I think it is. I think, you know, I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing when I first went for some of the first jobs that I did. And I think, like you say, once you can see the photographs that have come out of that shoot and that you can do it yeah. and take direction, then your confidence grows each time you do it. And, you know, I'm Definitely. still learning four years on. I'm still learning new things about positions and posing and lighting and that kind of stuff. I don't. And I think it's just something that you will just grow into. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely. I said, you know, for me, I think, you know, if the photographer is friendly and warm and engaging, I think you bounce off each other with ideas, you know, because, you know, some of the photographers that I've worked with, you know, they want your input um, as well. 
um, and they want you to feel comfortable. Um, so yeah, I think for me, that's the, that's the sort of thing that I enjoy really. If you work together as a team, then you'll find that, you know, the shoot is more successful because you're both comfortable. They don't see you being like too precious to do it. Yeah. Um, and you don't think that they're, they're like a really horrible photographer either, you know? So yeah, definitely. The confidence I think is coming more and more and more. And you've really kind of thrown yourself into the role of a master of models of diversity. So what kind of projects have you got lined up so far with, with them? Yeah, so I think for me, in terms of uh, throwing myself in, yes, definitely. Um, because it's something I'm passionate about and something I want to be successful with. So um, I guess the first thing I did really was sort of scream and shout about it and just go to my you know, local newspaper and say, look, I'm an ambassador now for Mothers of Diversity and this is what it represents. So that to me was, was again, coming out of my comfort zone and thinking to myself, oh my God. Um, the most exciting thing, as I said, that I've done already is that I've launched a Move for Mod um, initiative. Um, so that's taking place at Alexandra Palace um, on Sunday the 22nd. Um, so myself and a fellow ambassador, we're going to be socially distancing, um, but we're going to be walking 5km. Um, all the, the proceeds will go to models of diversity. But again, because it is um, for the charity, not everybody has got the same sort of uh, you know, capabilities as we have. We're, doing, we're calling it Move for Mod. So any of our ambassadors and anybody else out there that wants to participate, they can do. Um, and what we're doing is basically we're saying as long as you move um, and you do your 5km, you know, you can do it basically in your in your chair, you can do it at home if you're social distancing um, or, you know, if you wanted to, then you can walk in your own surroundings. As long as you do your 5km's um, you've obviously got to nominate five people and then contribute. You can contribute anything really from five pounds or as much as you can afford. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you want to be on the, on the website or on our social campaigns, you just take a picture um, of your donation and then send it into us and you'll be on our gram and our Facebook page as well. Because again, that's to really inspire, um, you know, models that, you know, want to, see reputation of themselves in society um so and then we've got some exciting things that we're doing next year but we just need to get rid of covid first so that we yeah, can enroll them out but there's going to be some exciting things um that we're doing at, over at the mod so i'm really quite excited about that as well how have you found lockdown and covid because obviously you've launched this new career and it's something that really could have taken off a lot quicker this year but then covid comes along with lockdown how has that affected you have you managed to keep positive how have you know how have you kind of looked after yourself during this time yeah i think for me you know i'm not gonna lie it was very sort of challenging especially at the beginning um because as i said i signed with a couple of agencies and then covid kicked in so it's like oh my god what a time now just to sort of have covid but i think for me it's just making sure that you keep in touch you know with your agencies letting them know that you're you know still available and um, for me it's all about you know going out there and doing do my exercises because you know, when you're all, you know, you're in the house 24-7, it can be quite sort of soul-destroying. Yeah. So I think for me, it's about speaking to family and friends. It's going out and doing my exercises, you know, um, and doing your, 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 your shoots as safely as you can. Mm -hmm. Just so 
so you can you know keep up your confidence and you can keep practicing in front of the camera yeah. um, and as I said, as I said for me it's been quite exciting kind of been in lockdown um, especially being an ambassador for you know the MOD just basically means that I can think about you know brands that I want to try and tackle campaigns that I want to try and put together so obviously I'm, I'm you know in the house she's mm. having a really so yeah <laughs> just trying to come up with little you know ideas and things like that um, of brands that aren't doing enough that need to be doing stuff so who would um, be your ideal brand Alison who would be your kind of dream brand to work with um I'm older model um I would basically say hmm let me see a brand that I really I think somebody like Vera Wang I think oh, something yeah. or um <clears throat> even Burberry actually yeah and there's some great names um, that have been, you know, established that I'm thinking, yes, if I could sort of get a campaign with them, then, you know, I'd be very, very happy. I love that. Aim high. That's what I like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I believe in too. I, I would absolutely love to do a Dolce & Gabbana. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That would be my dream. Yeah, no, definitely. So aim high. Yeah, exactly. Well, you've got to start somewhere, isn't it? And I think if the higher you aim, then even if you don't get as high as you wanted, you're going to be a lot higher than if you were aiming low. So, yeah. definitely. And let's talk about the size. Are you a size 14, 16? Yeah, well, basically, in terms of, I guess, I'm your typical hourglass. Mm -hmm. On the top, I'm a size 12, but on the bottom, I'm a 14 to 16, depending on the brand. Um, so, yeah, that's why I guess I fall into the, the, the plus size. Um, yeah, that's what I really would like to talk to you about because it's it's so crazy, isn't it, that we describe that size as plus size when we think the average size of a woman in the UK is a size 16. Yeah. Why are we still stuck in this narrative of seeing that anybody over size 12 is a plus size? When really I think of a size plus size is like a size 18 plus. Yes. And well, that's natural, no. isn't it, to fit in to the industry. Exactly. I think that's one of the things I've struggled with at the moment as well, because when people automatically look at me, they automatically think, oh, you're only a size 10 or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, when I used to um, shop in, in a certain brand that I love, um, I used to go in there all the time and I used to say to the ladies, oh, can you show me like a, a size 16? Because I've got long arms and long legs. So even if the jacket might be a little bit big, then I have to go for the 16 because that's what fits my arms. And the ladies, they used to look at me and say, no, I'm not going to give you a size 16, you're a 10. So I used to look at them and laugh and say, no, trust me, mm. actually not. Um, and then just to humour them, I'd, I'd like try on the size 10, they'd look at me and go, oh my God. But you know, you think to yourself, I know my body, please don't tell me what size I am. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a bit, I, I just want society just to, I guess, you know, come together in unison, because like you say, you know, people get and demoralized and demotivated when they think of themselves as a plus size model um when you know they might be like a 12 or 14 but they they're categorized and put into that category mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know really really frustrating yeah uh, i feel sorry for them that the bigger women that 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 have the size 18 plus that are the plus size that, that actually are that size and that's what the size they should be representing for plus size women and they get overlooked because they'll go and book somebody that's a size 14, 16 and call them plus size instead of actually yeah. using the bigger women that are there waiting. Exactly, exactly. Waiting to be booked. It's really yeah. important. 
no definitely and i think you know how do you you know how can you as a plus size model for example that's somebody that's 18 you know how can people that are size 18 in society you know how can they see themselves through that person if they're using you know size 12 or 14 models mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's one of the reasons why i want to make a change if i can because you know if somebody's a size 12 they should be able to look at a model that's a size 12 and and relate to them yeah. you know size 18 how can you relate to somebody that's a size 14 or a 12 you can't can you so there just needs to be some kind of correlation where you know people who are that size or that age can relate to other people like them yeah Um, that's really what you know what i'm what you know i know it's not going to happen overnight but that's one thing i want to change because you know people should be able to look at you and i and be able to relate to us because of our age yeah. to be able to look at a plus size model that's a size 22 or 24 and be able to relate to them somebody should be able to look at somebody that's you know um got a disability whether that's you know a missing arm or missing leg and relate to be able to relate to that person yeah um so society's got a long way to go yeah yeah, yeah it really has i look forward to the day when everybody is represented as a standard without it having to be something that's even a topic of conversation i'm sure we will get there but like yeah. I, said, I think there's a long way to go how do you feel about aging then because you know, we were oh my God. how do you feel about you know for three more years you'll be 50 does it matter something you're conscious of um i mean i'm not gonna lie i think everybody's conscious of it to some degree um and if anybody says they're not conscious of it mm, i don't know i'm not sure uh, as somebody that is has now just recently turned 47, I am getting conscious of it. I'm not going to lie, um, but I'm just trying to embrace it. Mm. I myself and say, because yeah, I think, what, well, 40 is the new 50, they say, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, yeah. so yes, I am trying to embrace it. Um, and just, I guess, at the moment, because I see myself, I still look at myself and think, okay, you know, I look 30 or whatever, so... You know, I do think I'm wearing well, but it's just the it's just the mindset, isn't it? You've got to think to yourself, okay, three years time, I'm going to be fifty, but fifty is the new forty, so it is. It is. You can until it's all starting to sag. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is difficult because our bodies do change as we're going off towards the fifties because we've got the perimenopause and the menopause, and we, there's quite often things in our bodies that are changing that we can't actually control. Yeah. But I think it is about just having that different attitude and changing the narrative in your head and just accepting the changes but then working on the things that you can control to make you feel better about yourself i think exactly and i think um i think the most important thing really is something that i'm learning to do more and more is to try and be comfortable in your own skin as well i think one thing that's really important because at the end of the day as long as you love yourself then you know I think the rest basically just falls into place. Yeah. So one of those things where, you know, you might look and say, okay, I'm nearly going to be 50, but, you know, I still love myself. So I think that's one thing that people need to embrace as well. I think it's just, you know, if you, yeah, just loving yourself really and believing in yourself. Yeah. Um, because I said, you know, there's some great models out there that, you know, are, are rocking rocking it well and, and they really are yeah. some amazing models in their 60s and 70s you know if i look at them and think well that's what i want to be doing at exactly yeah. exactly so you know i think 
I think as a woman, I think you just need to embrace it because the guys do it all the time. If you look at all the rockers, you know, like the Mick Jaggers and stuff like that, you know, how old are they? And they're still sort of, you know, rocking it. They've got their young, um, you know, ladies on their arms and stuff. So I just think you just need to embrace it because it's going to happen regardless. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. And like you said, it's, it's nothing that you can control. So I just think that you just need to embrace it and just get on with it, really. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where you go next year and what you get up to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> lots, of, lots of exciting jobs booked. How do you, so women are really bad at accepting compliments. We always brush it off and bat it aside and try and make a joke of it. So if you were to give yourself a compliment, Alison, what would it be? Um, I think for me, it would be my cheekbones because it's something that I've been quite fortunate to have. Um, you know, people always sort of like say, you know, you've got lovely high cheekbones or you've got lovely features and stuff like that. So I think if I was to compliment myself, it would either be that or again, I'm quite, I'm quite fortunate in the sense that, you know, some people might have to go to the gym sort of every single day. I mean, I do take my body for granted um, as well. So, you know, I, th I think my body, my body's still, I think I've, I've got a pretty good body as well. So I think my body and my cheekbones really. Okay. Uh, I was to compliment myself, yeah. Fabulous. How can people find out about you? How can they, where can they find you? So um, I'm on Instagram and it's Alison Williams 4617. Um, so yeah, they can find me on Instagram, definitely. And how have you found Instagram and social media? Because now you are having to put yourself out there and do more model things and, and promote yourself and self-promote yourself. Are you, is that something that you're comfortable with? I mean, I am getting better because literally I, I've only recently, I'd say, since I've been doing the modeling, started my Instagram. I mean, I used to have an Instagram um, page, but didn't really do anything about it. And then people tell you, oh, you know, they need to see your shots or your photos and stuff. So... I then started doing the Instagram. So it's, yeah. it's still got a long way to go, um, but definitely I'm getting a bit more confident. And then also I'm just trying to do a YouTube channel as well, which is called Alison's Fashion Halls. Um, and that's about sort of, I guess, doing clothes to inspire women with curves as well. Um, so anybody who's struggling or, you know, when you go shopping again, when you're, especially now in lockdown, because you can't go into the shops to try on the clothes. Yeah. Um, so I, I've just started like a, a YouTube channel, and which is, that that's called Alison's Fashion Halls. Brilliant. So that's, um, it's about inspiring women with curves to try on different clothes that they might not necessarily think would suit them in their shape. Um, and so that I just did that because for me, you know, there are other women out there that do have like the small waist and then the big sort of, you know, booty and big hips yeah. as well. So it's just to basically get them out of their comfort zone to try that as well. So social media, I'm getting there slowly but surely. Uh, you know, I'm not to your level yet because as I said, I've, I've seen your, 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 um, your podcast and your editing and things like that. And it looks amazing. Um, but I'm getting there slowly, slowly, slowly. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, I shall look forward to your progress. And how can people find out about Models of Diversity as well? So in terms of Models of Diversity, um, we've got the web page, which is called Models of Diversity. So there's that. We're also on Twitter and we're also um, on Facebook as well. So if you, um, you know, just Google models of diversity and you'll you'll see us but 
I definitely think for anybody that doesn't know about models of diversity, you should definitely, you know, look into it. Mm. Uh, because as I said, you know, um, it's an amazing charity. Uh, and as I said, you know, it's starting to make a difference. Um, so yeah, anybody who doesn't know about models of diversity, definitely, you know, check us out. Um, and we're, we're, we're open to, to new ideas as well. So if you think there's anything that, you, that we're not doing, then, uh, you know, the charity is definitely open to, 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 to doing that as well. But yeah. Well, I think they've got a fabulous ambassador in you, Alison. And I'm, do you know, oh, really you. that you've joined forces. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you get up with too, with this, oh, no. because I think it's a brilliant challenge, challenge charity and it's really needed. So, so well done. It's been an absolute pleasure talking Aww. to you today. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, you never know, next year we might get a chance to work together. Before no, I definitely. I would really love that, Rachel, because I said, to, you know, to me, you know, you, you inspire me and I'm glad that you've given um, myself and, you know, Models of Diversity this platform. Um, as I said, you know, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And if, even if I can just inspire one person yeah. to sort of believe in themselves and, you know, be like you and I, just to sort of, you know, that will just make my make my day. So thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. That's been lovely. Lovely to connect with you. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Well, that was a great chat with Alison and it was lovely to connect with her. And if you're not watching this on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast, I can't describe Alison's cheekbones other than absolutely gorgeous. She's a really beautiful woman and I'm really glad that we've connected. So please go take check out Models of Diversity. It's a brilliant organisation, particularly if you're something that you're passionate about, making sure that we are represented in society and that you want to find people that you can relate to. So please go check out Models of Diversity Charity and Alison as well. And I'll put all the um, links in the notes afterwards. So that is the last episode of Out of the Bubble podcast this year and I am so grateful to everyone that has joined me and shared their stories. I've interviewed over 34 women this year and they've all been really inspiring and left me with lots to think about. So I hope you have found them as inspiring to listen to as I have talking to them. I will be back next February with my next season and I have already got an amazing lineup of women to share with you. So watch out for those. And in the meantime, I will be producing some review shows to listen to. So um, you don't get rid of me that easily. There's still going to be lots to go at, but the actual new season will start in February. So watch this space for the review shows. If you're enjoying the podcast, please go and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. And there's 58 episodes to catch up on. So you've got lots of time over Christmas to catch up on some of your favourite episodes and women that you'd like to listen to. Um, you can find me on outofthebubblepodcast.com and please go and leave a review or give feedback because your words matter. The more reviews I get, then the higher up I'll get in the charts and then more women will be able to listen. And that's the whole purpose of this is to inspire as many women and encourage as many women as I can through the podcast. So please, please, please go leave a review. Um, if you're enjoying them as well, if you'd like to become a, a patron of Out of the Bubble podcast, that would be amazing. I absolutely love doing this. And it's a real project of mine that I'm, I'm so passionate about. And it is time consuming and I love doing it. But any support I can get financially through my Patreon site would be amazing. So I'll leave all the details in the notes if that's something that you feel you could help support me with for the price of less than a coffee a month. That would be fantastic. Have a wonderful Christmas. I hope you all can make the best of the situation and catch up with family and friends as much as possible. Sending lots of love and I will be back next year. So in the meantime, keep being fabulous.